Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the best bets show of the pump fake going into week eight NFL Sunday. Jared Bailey with you as always joined by my friend Ben Heisler. It's good to see you, my friend. How are you? What's up, Jared? I I feel like at some point I'm going to be, you know, really reaching for the moon on this show in these different appearances. If I if I can find a way to get myself, whether it's some reaction or or, or some crazy betting take that gets me into the introduction of that show. <laughs> that then I then I will know that I've made it. Like that that'll be that moment in my life where I can be like, you know what? It's all that work, all that time. You got it. So the the somewhat paying attention in uh, my video production class in college actually paid off for one thing, and it was making Great that intro. intro. So so I'm I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, some some nice names on there. My my buddy Eric Edholm, Michael Jr. At least those are the two that I kind of remember in the early part. Uh, Mike over at uh, Football Outsiders. Some nice things on that list. Matt Verderam, one of my mentors in this business. Yeah, my my former coworker over at uh, at Fansided and Bedsided. Yeah. No, Tanir and Verderam, my two biggest mentors in this business. I I love those men to death. So yeah, a lot lot of good names in the uh, in the annals of pump fake history. (laughs) And and, and you, as big as any of them. Uh, Let's talk. (laughs) Let's talk bets because yeah. there's there's a there's a few props that I saw coming into this week and I merely thought okay if Ben Heiser likes them then I feel good about betting them and the one that I do want to start off with I want to start off with Tank Dell's receiving numbers because I'm big on Houston against Carolina in terms of what Tank Dell is going to do he's coming off of an injury he didn't play against New Orleans um, but his receiving yards. Uh, it varies on on the on what uh, site you use. I think BetMGM has 46, 46 and a half yards. I think DraftKings and Fandle both have 47 and a half. But anywhere in that neighborhood, I think that he can hit that against a Carolina defense that will have their hands full with Nico Collins, who's having a breakout year. Um, and, and I think when you know, you've got J.C. Horn, is probably going to be focused on him. If J.C. Horn's playing, honestly, I don't even know if, if J.C. Horn's going to be in the lineup. Um, but Regardless, I like Tank Dell this week. Let's say you. So it's interesting because from a betting perspective, I, I think this is actually a fairly reasonable line to back Carolina at plus three and a half. Yeah. Um, just because I, for as con, as many concerns as they have in their secondary, and Tank Dell is a really interesting play. And I'm going to shout out my buddy Derek Brown uh, in just a second because I saw a great Love stat you, him, uh, re- regarding Tank this week. Um, but they, they can still apply some pressure and that's actually been an area where Stroud has had some concerns this year. So as far as tank is concerned, I'm going to pull up this note from, from my guy, Derek Brown. So in weeks two through four, when he was, you know, full-time playing at that level, led Houston in deep targets, finished with at least 72 receiving yards in two of those three games. Uh, and they play a ton of zone coverage and this is somebody that during those three weeks, 
He led the team with over 22% target share. Uh, his air yard share was in the 30% range. Um, and he's going up likely against Dante Jackson, who has yeah. just been abysmal. So I'm with you on those Tank Dell numbers. And I think right now, if you can find that type of value in that low 40s area, um, wouldn't check in on the weather because there's there's some weird weather all over the country this week. Um, maybe not so much in sort of like the southeastern Carolina type area, but I mean, it's hard to imagine a scenario in which Tank Dell just doesn't go ham this week against right. that type of matchup, against that type of defense. But but I do expect Carolina to uh, make some adjustments, and that's actually been um, historic to Frank Reich over the last several years. Weeks one through six, he's one of the worst coaches in the NFL. Yeah. And then from week six on, once the quarterback, you know, he has a new quarterback every year that figures out the <laughs> offense, um, they play significantly better. So we've already started to see that progression from, from Bryce a little bit the last few weeks. I, I think they're going to play well against Houston this week. Um, maybe we'll see a little bit more offense than, than anticipated as well. But I do like the Tank Tell call quite a bit. And I did just look, uh, Xavier Woods and J.C. Horner are ahead of schedule, but it doesn't look like they will be suiting up tomorrow. So hamstring still holding back J.C. Horner. Um, yes. And Tank Dell was one of my favorite players coming into the draft, and I think that he landed in a perfect spot being the number two behind Nico Collins with C.J. Stroud. And Bobby Slowick and, and everybody there has done a really good job. Um, I had Aaron Schatz on last week. We were talking about uh, the first five games that – that CJ Stroud has had is like the best for a quarterback in history. <laughs> like just if you look at like advanced stats and everything, he's just been fantastic. Um, but the Panthers aren't going to lose every game. And sitting going up against another rookie quarterback and another brand new staff and whatnot, this does feel, I mean, you touched on it. This could feel like, you know, the spot where if they're gonna get their first win, maybe this is maybe this is it where the gears start churning for Bryce on the offense. Um and they, they start maybe, I don't think they're going to go on a roll or anything, but eventually if they do get their first win, I think that this would be a good spot to do it. Yeah. I, and and I, if you look kind of collectively at Houston, right? Like there, there's obviously a lot to feel really impressed about, but it's not, they're not a great team. I, I, I think you almost make the argument that with the way that D'Amico Ryans has them playing, like they're, he has them coached up. But Houston is, you know, we, we talk about their defense really being significantly better. They're still bottom eight in the league in opponent yards per game. They're still bottom 12 in opponent yards per play. They are the fifth worst team in the NFL in opposing third down conversion percentage. Um, and that's actually been an area for, for Carolina that's, um, you know, they're, they're starting to make a little bit more improvement on, especially by utilizing Adam Thielen. Um, so I, I tend to look at this matchup and say to myself, like, yeah, I Houston can still move the ball, and Tank Dell's going to be a major part of that. But Stroud needs to make sure he has time to throw. And if so, then they'll be fine. But I, I think we need to just pay a little bit more attention to Carolina here, especially with that hook at home. Feels like it's a good spot, especially coming off the bye, to, to back them this week. One of my favorite plays this week is taking uh, the under on the Titans total points. I found it at 17 and a half at Ben MGM. Um, that feels like as close to a lock as anything this week. They're going up uh, against a Falcons defense that's 10th in the league in EPA per play, 5th in success rate, starting Will Levis, who has the awareness of like a guy at a bar who's like 
talking to a girl. She's very clearly not interested. But then he walks back to his bros. He's like, dude, she so dicks me. That's that's Will Levis in the pocket. He has no idea what's Will going Levis, on. Will Levis, the, uh, the, the meme of the, the guy with the sunglasses talking to the blonde girl at the, uh, at the Astros game. Is, is that where things are now? Yes. Um, yes. The, the guy is Will Levis and the girl is the pocket collapsing around him and him just totally oblivious to everything. Um, I think now they do have the benefit of the game being at home, but I, I don't think that's going to make much of a difference. I think Atlanta, uh, the defense is going to do enough to, to hold them up to under 17 points. And uh, I would take the under overall on this game too. Uh, it's 35 and a half on Fanduel. I don't know what it is in other markets, but I could see this being like a 13, 10, 16, 13 type game. Yeah. Um, what, what's so fascinating about these games too is that a lot of the trends actually over the course of this year have indicated that these low total games uh, really benefit the underdog when it comes to against the spread bets. Yes. Um, like heavily, like we're, we're talking probably like a, a 70, 75% clip for the dogs here. And I, I think the question that we have to ask ourselves is if Levis plays, is it really going to be, first of all, it's sort of two part. Like I'm thinking about it from like a, a Tyson Bajan perspective, just mm. using the, the Chicago bears as an example. So at home against the Raiders, I, I think most of us know that the Raiders aren't a particularly good football team. It's different for Atlanta, but Atlanta certainly has their flaws. Yeah. Um, there's, there's no real tape from an NFL level on Levis besides the preseason at this point. Titans are already a very much run heavy team anyway. And if they're able to slow down the Falcons run game, like they're, they're going to be in it. And Mike Vrabel historically has been one of the better covering coaches in NFL history as a dog. So uh, there's a lot of factors at play. And I've also noticed over the course of this week that the line has moved towards Tennessee as well. Um, But your point about their team total for the under makes plenty of sense. Like, would anybody be surprised if this game ends up being 13, 10 Falcons by the time this is done and they barely cover or, you know, somewhere along the lines, like 14 to 12, you know, they move the ball, but then Levis has some issues on fourth down. They just kick a bunch of field goals. I was going to say, this feels like uh, if there's a, if there's a game that's going to have scoregami this week, it will be this one where it's (laughs) the stupidest football we've ever seen. And yeah, so it's gonna be uh, like Tennessee, Tennessee upsets Atlanta 15 11. That should be a bet somewhere. If we can get the odds makers to be like, will this game have scoregami? Yes or no, <laughs> dude. That's fantastic. I, I'm gonna request it. I, I, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll send something out over to like maybe DraftKings and FanDuel and be like, hey, is this is this an option? I think they've had it for they've had it for Super Bowl prop bets before. I don't know about a regular yeah. season game, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna see top. what what the um, what the odds would be to bet the game two and fifteen to eleven because you can do like correct score and whatnot. Let me see. Okay, let me drop this down. There are so many scores, so it's hard to even find eleven in here. I don't even know if it's even an option. It goes 10, 12, or like 10, 13. If I find it, I'll uh, I'll I'll tweet it out later because I'm I'm truly fascinated uh, on what that would be uh, yeah. for there, for the odds of that. There, there there's a lot to consider here. Yes. 
for this? Um, from from that we go to I had it I had it pulled up and then it went away. Where did it go? Let's let's go to Dallas and the Rams because that that is one that I'm that I'm intrigued in. Dallas is six and a half point favorites at home against the Rams, who they've been very up and down. Like last week, Stafford went fourteen and twenty nine. Puka Nakua had a big day. Cooper Cup only had two catches. Um, I'm looking at Cooper Cup's receiving props. Uh, I went alt receptions and took him seven plus receptions. And I went alt yards and took him 80 plus yards. I feel, feel like a big bounce back day for Cooper Cup. We know that they're going to throw the ball heavily. Um, it's just a matter of, okay, how what's this target share going to look like with Nakua and Cup? Um, but I mean, those are really the two guys that he's going to. Now, Tutu Atwell's got his as well, but we know that the predominant two are Nakua and Cup. And I think that Cooper Cup will have a, a nice bounce back day against Dallas. It's pretty remarkable that, you know, a team with Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and this you know, amazing story of Puka Nakua is drastically different offensively without Kyron Williams available, right? Like that's, that's been a very under discussed aspect of of what has allowed this Rams team to kind of flounder around because when we talked about their defense heading into the start of the year, we're like this, this Rams defense could be other than Donald, you know, like, we didn't know who any of these dudes were. They're starting guys like Russ yeast and, Christian Rose boom and like who the yeah, hell? Yeah, which are you? both of those names absolutely sound like you know made up like when players. You're, when in you're in like a ninth year of a Madden like franchise. franchise mode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like he was he was balling out and yeah. it was opening up play action even more for Nakua downfield. And then once Cup came back, you saw the emergence and, and yeah, like they they both will kind of play my turn, your turn, but you can absolutely trust both of them downfield and and to Dallas, like the only reason that I I feel like the matchup sets up well for them, it's probably not going to be a spot that I bet just because I I just don't trust Dallas to cover. And we've seen this line move off of seven to six and a half, like where, where the Cowboys have some issues is, is stopping in the run game. And that right now that's just not a strength of of the Rams right now, but in the past game, when they're locked in, when they have a lead, like they're, they're going to take the ball away. They're going to pressure the quarterback. Stafford still has a tendency to, to make some poor passes and try to play a little bit of hero ball. And it just doesn't feel like this is a line where I, I just have a whole lot of confidence in either side, despite Dallas probably having the, the main statistical edge in the matchup. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning. If I was to bet the spread in this, I think I would still go Rams to cover just because I don't know what to make of the Cowboys. I feel like that's every year. Like at this point, we're we're asking ourselves, what are the Cowboys? Uh, how how good are they really? Um, and with an offense like like the Rams with McVay, with Stafford, with Cup, with Nakua now, um, it always feels like they'll at least hang around. And we've seen that for the most part this year. And yeah, even and, and with- by the way, I should mention too that that as we're we're on the show right now, there mm-hmm. is still one book that is offering Dallas at minus six and a half. Everybody else has actually moved to seven. So oh, wow. I would, if you are considering the Dallas side and you're, you're watching this with us, um, go ahead and, and do some line shopping around. I don't, I don't know if you're, if you're sponsored or have any sponsored with any sports books here, Jerry. I, so I do I not. I can give out the name so, of it. No, no worries. You can give out whatever name you'd like. Okay. Uh, so uh, it, it rhymes with uh, Pan Pool. Uh, pan Pool <laughs> Sportsbook. 
uh, still has the Cowboys at uh, minus six and a half. If you're, if it should, you be interested. What do you make of Jaguar Steelers? Like I'm the resident Steelers fan here and I have zero confidence that the Steelers are going to win this game, but they're only two point dogs. And now Jacksonville's offense has had a little bit of trouble scoring uh, with the, the exception of the Colts game. Uh, but their defense has played really well, and that doesn't serve well for a Steelers offense. I mean, we were talking in the lobby about how bad Matt Canada's offense is. Um, that doesn't bode well for the Steelers. I, I would sprint. Now, if, if you want to do like a teaser and play with the over-under here and tease it uh, to under 46.5, or that, that would be a lovely play and a teaser. Um, that would probably be the only thing I played here is the over under because I, I don't think that this is going to be a high scoring game. No, no Steelers game tends to be, um, unless it, they're getting blown out by either San Francisco or Houston. Is, is this the, the part of the show where I feel obligated to give out Mike Tomlin's, uh, statistics over the course of his career as a home dog, or is that already well-established, uh, within the course of your audience, do, do, are they already fully aware of, of what those numbers look like? You might as well, because okay. a refresher is never a bad thing. Okay, so so uh, for those of you who might be uh, new here, uh, <laughs> let me tell you about Mike Tomlin as a uh, as a home dog over his career. Um, it's actually and the numbers are pretty insane. Um, and yes, you're supposed to take every year um, from a year by year level, but I mean with Tomlin, it's kind of hard not to. So. 18, five and three against the spread as a home dog in both the regular season and the playoffs uh, via, via Evan Abrams of uh, Action Network, who, who's so good at, at finding all these different numbers uh, and putting them out in his weekly column every week. I, I always love being able to dive through that and then find some just really good nuggets each week. Uh, so that's more than 78% of the time Tomlin is going to cover as a home dog. He's also 16 and 10 straight up over the course of his career as a home underdog. Um, Jacksonville is, is interesting, right? Because they have the ability really, like I, I think their, their defense is kind of being overlooked a little bit and I do too. they could very easily get off to a big lead. Um, if, if, if Pickett has some issues, but man, like I, for as many issues as they have right now, like watching Pickens go downfield, could be a major issue. And I also think like if Warren gets involved as well, he should in this game, like mm. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's not going away. And so now you have home field. Now you have a Jacksonville team that's had some issues, by the way, in second halves of games. The The numbers say to take Pittsburgh here. Um, but I, I kind of feel like Pittsburgh got one that they shouldn't have won last week. Yeah. And I'm wondering if like, all right, now with all this positive momentum back on Pittsburgh, if this is one of those spots where maybe they let it slip away in, in Jacksonville, who continues to improve, um, especially under Doug Peterson, you know, the later into the season. I, I think the line is fair on the on the Jacksonville side. I'm probably more likely to lean into them. If it were three or more, I'd, I'd be backing Pittsburgh because it's two. I yeah. think it's a reasonable line to, to take Jacksonville as a short road road favorite here. And the Steelers also, this is the first game of a three-game homestand for the Steelers. They got Jacksonville, Tennessee on Thursday night after this, and then Green Bay. I don't see a world where the Steelers are somehow 7-2 and two, despite this god-awful offense that trots out there every week. Um, well, and and I, let, me, let me ask you that, too. Like, let's say let's say they take two of three at yeah. home against – And they're six and three. Um, yeah, and, and that's 
Titans and Green Bay are, are more than reasonable possibilities for wins. Clearly, the odds makers believe it could be, you know, all three of them. Yeah. They're seven and two. Like I, I took Tomlin preseason uh, for coach of the year, twenty-five to one. Same oh, wow. with um, with uh, D'Amico Ryan's over in Houston, and then Steichen at twenty-two to one. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like there's two of those three names. I feel pretty good about the coach of the year race heading into this point, even with all the issues that that both these two teams have. That's the thing too. Like it would be different. Like let's say that they do, you know, are are sitting at six and three and whatnot. It's it would be so different if they were winning these games with an offense that was looked like an NFL offense and it wasn't just a bunch of like weird fluky plays that just happen to go their way every week and they pull them out of their butts and escape with wins constantly. Like just yeah. not sustainable ways of winning. Um, and I think that that's the difference, you know, when you look at you know, what D'Amico's doing in Houston, where Houston you know, Stroud is having a great year. The offense looks really good. Defensively, they're solid. Um, you know, there's still some things that they need to work out, uh, as we already pointed out, but they're well ahead of what we expected them to be. Same thing with the Colts. Um, even without Anthony Richardson, they just put up 38 against the best defense in football with Garner Minshew, a quarterback. Like, right. Well, the last time the Steelers put up 38 points, I don't know. <laughs> couldn't tell you. <laughs> um, so, so that's uh, all wins aren't created equal. I guess is how I would would point that out. Yes, when it comes to it. that's perfectly tr- that that's perfectly fair. Um, yeah. But I mean, if if in this division, and yeah, like I, I think the expectations of the AFC North were were drastically different than what they might look like now. But yeah, Baltimore's more than viable. Um, although I, we can talk about that game in a little bit too. I. I have a few concerns that they're going to find themselves sleepwalking through that game a little bit. I already, I already bet, I already bet Arizona plus nine and a half. I sprinted to that. I, I, I think that's the right play, and and I also think that could be Baltimore with a with a like a ten point halftime lead and let it go away. You know, they've they've always been a very good first half team under Harbaugh, Um, and Arizona, to their credit, has fought with very little talent on that roster. So that's I'm glad you and I are thinking on the on the same line there because uh, Arizona I, I don't necessarily call them a live dog, um, but they're very they're very much live to cover this week. They're scrappy. They're like um, how do I best describe the card? They're like the Lions from a couple years ago when Dan Campbell first took over. Hmm. When that team I think won what was it three and fourteen? Yeah, they the didn't Lions win a lot of games, and they were like eleven and five, eleven and six against the spread um they were the lions were a great team that year uh to bet on because nobody had any faith they were going to win the game but they always covered they kept playing in close games uh and then they started off with with that terrible start last year and then won all those games at the road in a row towards the end and covered again like they're i think in the dan campbell era like they have the best cover percentage over the last two and a half years of any team in the nfl that's remarkable um the Cardinals, the, the Cardinals to me are like for any wrestling fans you know who Spike Dudley is, who um, was part of uh, Team 3D with uh, Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley, but he was the third Dudley who weighed like a buck ninety. Not even he played probably like a buck forty. Would just get that shit kicked out of him and thrown around all the time. But that that was just kind of his role. But he always you never you always expected him to lose, but you knew you'd be entertained, and that's what the Cardinals are right now. They're gonna fight. They're gonna they're gonna lose. But they'll, they'll they'll hang in there. 
that's kind of what they yeah. are right now. But I, and, I do and agree. You're with right, you. and they've been it's consistent good. with that too all year. Yeah, but I, I do agree. Plus nine and a half for the Cardinals is a, one of my favorite bets of the week. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I haven't bet it yet. And the only reason is because I think I'll be able to get a better line live over 10 mm. um, yeah. just because of, of how Baltimore has been as a first half team. So uh, we're, we're definitely in lockstep agreement. I just haven't made the bet yet. I'm uh, I'm debating on who to to bet anytime touchdown for for Dolphins Patriots. Like Mostert seems like a lock. Jalen Waddle, like Hill, Mostert, and Waddle. It's always like, okay, which one? Are, sometimes all three of them hit. Sometimes two of them hit. It's just like this weird this weird casserole of guys who are always going to score. Um, I, I don't know. If you had to pick one of two, would you pick Mostert or Waddle? I feel like I should pull up the odds and and like that's that's gonna be the the reason for it. Like who do I believe is is more likely to hit? Mostert for sure. Yeah, Mostert for sure. Um, just because they they trust him so often in the red zone. But um, like what's gonna be the the better value on the board? Like Raheem Mostert right now is the best I'm seeing for him is is minus one forty to score yeah. any type of touchdown. Bengal like, has him at minus one forty five. Yeah. So if, if we're looking at it from that perspective, and I, I, me personally, this is just like my my own rule. I I can't stand. Let's like McCaffrey, and it's got to be yeah. like the right scenario. I, I have a very difficult time betting an anytime touchdown for anybody at, at nine odds. plus odds at minus odds. Waddle, yeah. on the other hand, you can get for plus one fifty, and yeah. I like he's a guy that you. I, I feel like you take the ladder on this week for receiving yards, receptions, anytime touchdown. I might take him for for two touchdowns this week, um, which I'm loading up the odds right now. You can get it at FanDuel right now for, for two-plus touchdowns at 11-1. to one. Um, Like, that's that's a fairly reasonable line to me because he's going to see a ton of targets because you know yeah. what New England does. Like, it's it, they make it very aware that they try to take away your, your number one option. And while you can't necessarily take away Tyreek Hill – and the Dolphins and Michael Daniel are going to be really smart with how they deploy him. Um, it's going to leave Waddle for plenty of opportunities in the middle of the field. And honestly, I, I could see Waddle having like a nine catch, 78 yard day where they're like, all right, you want to dink and dunk to Waddle all day? Fine. But that could, that could also very much lead into a couple of, you know, red zone scores as well. Cause he's a very talented receiver. Oh, but absolutely. It's not, it's not Tyree kill. And that's not, that's not a slight to him. So I, I do look at Waddle uh, this week is probably one of the, the guys that I'm probably going to be targeting. Like if I was making a, if I was making a DFS lineup, um, I, I think that's a really good play. Like maybe like a one-off play through this game. Yeah, I mean, we saw that already in their matchup early on in the year. Like Hill had a touchdown. I think he only had five catches. Like it's not like he went off. Right. Um, so we know what you already pointed out. We know how Belichick's gonna play. He's gonna try to take away the thing that you do best. Um, but Miami does a lot of things really good and has a lot of players that do them really well. So absolutely uh, eight and a half is the line for that in favor of the Dolphins. Are you leaning toward them covering that? Um I feel like a big letdown week for the Patriots after a game that they shouldn't have won is in the makings here where they just collapse. That's fair. Um, it, it's that, that narrative sets up very easily. Um, it, it's just hard to get a read on this game because I've, I'm seeing nine at some books. I'm seeing eight at a couple others. 
you know, I, I'm just this not would sure. Be, this would be a prime, a prime teaser candidate for me where I would tease Miami to minus two and a half. Yeah. Oh, I, and this is a, by the way, this is a great week for teasers. So like, dude, I, I, I was thinking the same thing this morning. Like, oh my goodness. I have, so, so the, the, the two teasers that I have for, for this week, I have, um, and this was one that I bet earlier before uh, the line. I took Baltimore and Detroit when they were both at minus eight. So now mm. I have both of them at minus two. Uh, and then the other one that I have is I have the Packers from one and a half to seven and a half. And then I moved the Chiefs, um, who the last, there's there's some stupid Patrick Mahomes uh, and Chiefs stats against the Broncos, which if you want to talk about that game, I, I, I just pulled them up. They're incredible. Um, they haven't lost to any, the Broncos. Any Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs stat is the polar opposite of every Otani and Angels stat. <laughs> like where it's just like oh my goodness patrick mahomes is the first person to do this since 1837 and the chiefs are 19 and 0 when he does it when otani is like yeah otani hit three doubles and two home runs and the angels lost five to four like jesus christ poor guy <laughs> that's that's an amazing uh amazing analogy um and it's so true um yeah. but I, I i took the chiefs and i moved them down to uh to minus one uh, and then put the Packers at plus seven and a half. But I mean, like, yeah, you could do Miami this week very easily. You could take Tennessee at home against Atlanta, who doesn't score a lot of points. The low total, move it up to, to eight and a half. Uh, if you think the Cowboys are going to win straight up, go ahead and, and move that game down. Um, there, there's so many options on the board this week uh, from a teaser perspective that uh, you can just you can go nuts if you really want to. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we can talk a little bit more about that KC game because with the weather expected to play a big factor into this, what does that do to you if you're trying to bet the over under? Um, so I took uh the under earlier when I saw that report come out, I was able to find it at 47. I decided to, to make it a little bit more of a juice play, uh, move the line a half point to 47 and a half, uh, just because 47 is such a, a key number traditionally when it comes to, to, to totals, yeah. but. Snow doesn't really scare me off with the Chiefs. It would scare me much more with the Broncos um, because they've they've put up some decent offensive numbers at times this year. But I just there's there's not a lot of confidence there. And even though they're playing better defensively, um, I, are they going to stop Kansas City? Probably not. Like this sets up for a great day for Isaiah Pacheco. Like if we're, if we're thinking about it from a prop perspective, um, right. because they're they feel fully confident in him. And I keep waiting for McKinnon to get more opportunities in the passing game. Um, but they just trust Pacheco more. And that's kind of led to less opportunities on the field for McKinnon besides two minute drills. Um, but he torched Denver last year he had four touchdowns against them. Um, so maybe you roll the dice a little bit with an anytime touchdown for McKinnon, just because he's, he's torched Van Joseph in the past. Um, so I I'm looking at the total. Let's see if I can pull it up really fast right now. Total for Kansas City and Denver has moved down to. I got a forty-six and a half in front of me. Forty-six and a half at FanDuel. DraftKings has already moved it down to forty-five. Wow! Um, and the more snow you start to see in that game, the more the the total is going to go down. So, if you like forty-six and a half, if you're comfortable with it, um, take it now. Um, but honestly, like I don't. I think maybe if you're looking for a, a value play, it might be on the Chiefs offense team total because I, I they're not 
they've played in snow before. Mahomes actually put up really solid numbers. I, I tease some of those numbers too, by the way, for Mahomes and the Chiefs against the Broncos. So yeah. a couple couple that that I pulled that that I absolutely love. Um, so <laughs> Mahomes, the course of his career on the road, 28, 18, and one against the spread. He is going for his sixth, the 17th consecutive road division win absurd in, in this year of the NFL and probably my favorite just to, to rub a little salt in the wound of, of, of Denver fans. By the way, I'm not, I'm not even a Chiefs fan. I've just lived in Kansas city for almost a decade. Um, Patrick Mahomes has 17 losses like in his career, straight up losses. If they beat the Broncos on Sunday, you know how many losses Russell Wilson will have in his Broncos career? Is it 17? 17. That's <laughs> the best. Disgusting. <laughs> Goodness gracious. That is incredible. Absolutely um, incredible. Just when you think that there aren't any more numbers to, to point out how great Mahomes is. Um, yeah. It, it's, he's, he's, he's Shohei Otani with, with rings. I'm going to. I, I might have to steal that. I'll, I'll, is it stealing if I give the the if I give you and the Pump Fake podcast credit for it? Or yeah, no. If you like put the hat tip thing in the bottom, okay. I, yeah, no, no, no worries on my end from that. Um, All right, good. I, I don't know where to. What was that? I said we're on the same page. Perfect. Um, I'm so tempted to bet Bears plus eight and a half just because I don't trust the Chargers to play a normal game. Tyson Bajit, man. What did Chris Berman call him on NFL Friday and Secret Secret Bajit? The Secret Bajit. Secret Bajit. I so Tyson Bajit, by the way. Is that all you have to do, by the way, for a berm? It's just just growl. My my favorite Chris Bermanism is not any of like the whoop or or whatever. It's always there will never be another person that will be first to wish you a happy holiday for anything before Chris yeah. Berman. Like he'll he'll find you and let us let us be the uh, the first to wish you a very uh, happy <laughs> Arbor Day. Uh, you know, big big fan of the trees. Love love the trees. Um, you know, if like hey, by the way, Andy Reid, uh, let us be the first to wish you a happy National Cheeseburger Day. Uh, don't <laughs> And that's that's been the Chris oh, that that I just absolutely love. Like every week, oh. let, let us be the first to wish you and your family. <laughs> um, <laughs> I swear, I so I I'm a freak, and I um, rewatched uh, every prime time from like '02 to '05, and I shit you not. Like if I close my eyes and you do that, I can picture. <laughs> Just hear it. Real be right back. The New England Patriots. By the way, while we're on the while we're on the subject, I, if okay. I may, um, yes. My I have a my four and a half year old. Um, mm. just started to get into football this year. I don't know whether mm. it's just because we let him stay up late to watch like the first quarter of the the chiefs and the lions when the season opened. Right. And, you know, like people ask me, you know, are you going to, are you going to raise your, your son to be a bears fan? Like, you know, I'm like, no, I love my kids. Why would I, why would I do that? 
Um, but you know, he he was watching that game and he was like mesmerized. And he was really getting into football. And then like next day, he wanted to watch the highlights. And now, like, he doesn't ask for like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or or Bluey. Like, he asks to watch football highlights. So it's amazing. Um, but I I think I was involved in something. I was like, oh, Micah, there's this show where they play the highlights of all the games. It's called NFL Primetime. And I used to watch it when I was a kid. Like, do you want to watch He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and the other Chris Berman aspect that I love is if there's ever like a possible upset going on, it's always, and now Tyson Bajan, touchdown, 14-3, Bears. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's 2817 patriots <laughs> so now I, I would do that and now and now my son is starting to do like his own oh, version of chris Berman. Wow, that is so here, funny go, ravens uh, cardinals i will it's incredible it, it just brings me so much joy that he, Chris Berman brings so much joy to, and obviously, like the Bermanisms are really good. And Josh, tears of Macau, like that one, it's very good. Or, or I don't know why he, um, oh god, I mean, the, the, the Steelers had the best one was with Eric Jerome, you better, you better, you better. <laughs> Tom Jackson's just losing his shit next to him because he's laughing so hard. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's the greatest show of all time. I love it so much. Yes. Uh, I didn't even know what we were. Oh, Tyson Bajan. That's why we Tyson got on. Yeah, yes. Hey, um, if, if if the Bears win this game. Yeah, it's it's gonna get it's gonna get stupid in Chicago. Yep. Um I, I actually said that last week on the on on the podcast on Benny and the Bats. I said I I think the Bears are gonna win straight up, and I think you're gonna start to see the conversation get weird in Chicago. And I it's because he's running the system that they want to run. Yeah. And you know, my, my buddy, Danny Parkins, who does afternoon drive in Chicago, he was talking to Olin Kruitz on his show. And he's, he basically was talking about how um, the bears just don't want to run a type of offense. That's going to be conducive to Justin Fields strengths because right. the two games that they did this year and the games last year that they did, he put up awesome numbers. And the Bears were good, but like they just don't want to do it. They want to win games out of the pocket. And he basically Owen was saying, you know, if I'm Justin Fields, I want out of Chicago because mm. of this. Like they're not gonna, they're not gonna tailor a game plan to my strength. And, and Danny's point was, well, isn't that like the antithesis of what good coaches are supposed to do? Yeah. Like you're trying, and that was that was Naki's issue for a long time. He was trying to put the the round hole in the square peg. And it just wasn't going to work. He was trying to run the Chiefs offense with the, the goddamn Bears. You know, like <laughs> at some point, it's just not going to look the same and you have to adjust. So I, I don't know. Bajan is capable. I don't think he's the next Brock Purdy. And that's not that's not a slight. <laughs> Purdy is in an offense with an elite offensive line with terrific playmakers. Bajan is looking like he's going to be a really a, a solid NFL backup quarterback and that's yeah. that's a hard thing to find like yeah. that should be celebrated as an undrafted free agent from shepherd university like this is a great thing he doesn't have to be the anointed starter for the bears just because he can run a west coast offense so he's going to run the type of offense that they want to run 
the Chargers and Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley have been historically bad covering the spread in the second half. I envision a scenario where it's like 17 to six going into halftime and the bears or the chargers will have a chance to win the game on the final play. And so the bears will likely cover, but I'll probably take them at a better line once the second half starts, because for whatever reason, the chargers are just that team that cannot find a way to take teams out, especially at home. Like there's gonna be a lot of bears fans there. I, I don't trust them to cover that big of a number even though they're supremely talented, like Khalil Mack could have six sacks in the game and it's still going to be one possession game by the time it's all said and done. So I, I would advise anybody who wants to take the bears here, you can take the eight and a half. Um, I'd rather take it at a better number, knowing that the chargers are just abysmal as a second yeah. half team. If the chargers lose this game, does Brandon Staley get fired? <laughs> how many, how many weeks have we been saying that? Well, the chargers can't lose this one. Oh, the chargers is this one. I, I mean, if you're two and five and lose to the two of the Tyson Bajant led Bears at home, yes. what, what's stopping them? He should be. And, should be. and, and you roll the run you roll the dice with uh, you know with Kellen Moore and see what happens. But yeah, I I would think so, but it, it hasn't happened yet. And sure. if you were trying to save your season before, that would have been an ideal time to do so. Are there any other lines or props that we haven't touched yet that you were just itching and jumped on as soon as you saw them? Um, not from a props perspective just yet. Um, mm. there, there's still a few lines that I'm 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 combing through and, and trying to determine the way I want to go here. But um a couple other dogs that I like this week. I, I like the Giants at home against the Jets. I like that number at three. Um, Giants are, are especially with Tyrod there. Like it's just, Dude, they have no, no reason that they should put Daniel Jones back in when he's healthy. Zero reason. I, I mean, and, and it's it's a money thing, right? Like it's gonna have to be. Like, Even then, though, like they structured that contract where they can get out of it at the end of this year. Right. I, I think it's just a, it's a determination if you're the if you're the Giants. Like what's what are you playing for and. That's let's true say too. You do, let's say you do think you can get some decent performances out of Jones. You know, maybe maybe then you try to trade him. Maybe so yeah. you can get something for him as opposed to just letting him go. Uh, but you're right. Like the the contract is is reasonable from that standpoint. But I I do expect them to go back to him even if if Tyrod continues to play well. Maybe maybe the locker room will dictate otherwise. Maybe if they beat the Jets straight up, that changes. I don't know. Uh, but I like the Giants at plus three. I like Washington plus seven. At home Dude, in Philadelphia. I, I do too. They always play Philadelphia well. They play them well. They play them tough. Philadelphia coming off of a, an emotional uh, home victory last week. Um, I took, a, I took the commanders. Atrocious road loss yeah. in New York as well. So it's it's a week-to-week league. I think the seven is reasonable. I, I expected this to be more, uh, you know, six or so. So I think you're getting good value on the seven. And I talked I about the other place that I'm on, the, the, the Carolina plus three and a half, the teasers with, with Green Bay up to seven and a half, and the Chiefs at minus one, um, the Ravens and the, the Lions as a teaser, and then also the under for Chiefs and Broncos at 47 and a half. And as soon as we're, we're done here, I'm going to go ahead and, and grab that uh, the Tank Dell bet too uh, at over 46 and a half this week. I, uh, I took commanders over 17 and a half total points, and that feels like one that should hit. Yeah. There's talent on this offense. Um, yeah. The Eagles 
still have some concerns in that secondary. Like they, you know, they do you, have, by the way, I, I want to see if you know this. Do you know how many sacks Sam Howell is on pace to take this year? I don't, but I would imagine it's quite a few. So I think the NFL record is like 77. Last time I checked, he's on pace for 92. Oh God. That poor bastard's dying. Back there. And, and also like if we're, if we're walking down narrative street, like you have the Jonathan Allen quote from, from last week and maybe yeah. I got some fired up for a little bit. Maybe, Maybe it's like a first half play for, for mm. Washington instead. You know, maybe you get them at like three and a half or four. Yeah. Um, but there's, I'm intrigued. And I think seven is a reasonable line for, for a home division dog, for sure. I think the other line that I found over the course of this week was division dogs over the last two years. Uh, and I, and I want to make sure that I can, can get these specific notes. Cause I did, I did write them down. Um, Division dogs over the last season and a half of more than a touchdown are six and zero against the spread and 19, five and zero against the spread over the last two seasons. So wow. Washington fits that category. Um, not, not new England because they're, they're not at home. Right. Um, but I, 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 Washington for sure fits the bill uh, for this game. I'm trying to think if there's, if there's anybody else, um, Denver, um, but, you know, but again, like that's why I cheese the, I, I, I tease the chiefs. Line it down. Um, but yeah, Denver, Denver and Washington are the two teams that, that fit that criteria this week. Duly noted. All right, buddy. And, well, hey, what you, do you and, and if you tease the Packers, yes, <laughs> then, yes. then it also counts too, doesn't it? Yeah. What, uh, what have you got coming on, uh, Casey sports network? Uh, we had a really good episode this week with a, a longtime uh, bookmaker in Las Vegas, a guy named Rafael Esparza. Uh, we went through the week eight slate together, also went through some some pretty remarkable stories he has. He's basically worked and been in books for probably like eight different major sports books in Las Vegas. Um, so really great stories from him. Dove into the slate. Uh, we talked about uh, the the weird money that's coming on Denver this week, uh, which might be a, a bit concerning for Kansas City as to why that might be, uh, and really just some some helpful insights when it comes to betting week eight. So that's available right now this week on, on Benny and the Bets, and uh, hopefully we'll have uh, a very uh, intriguing guest ahead of the matchup next week out in Germany, uh, the Tyreek Hill revenge game uh, between the Chiefs and the Dolphins next week, and of course we'll. We'll go through the uh, the course of the week as well, and NBA is back, as, uh, which is also a lot of fun. So we'll we'll get that covered as well. Very fun uh, for me. If you're listening to this, or watching it now, or listening to it as a podcast, however you're doing it, um, uh, a certain Bears quarterback I might be doing something with early next week, depending on how that game goes against the Chargers. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, power rankings writing up on Tuesday for USA Today. Uh, you can find all the usual wit and humor in uh, the th- 32 to 1 power rankings behind the steel curtain, all the Steelers stuff there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, keep tuning into the pump fake. We'll have Ben Albright uh, on Monday talking trade deadline stuff as well. But uh, hey, Benny, I always love doing this with you. We'll definitely do it very much sooner than later. And uh, keep doing Chris Berman impressions uh, every time that you're here. I think that that might be the uh, the new cue that we have to do. Jerry, let me be the first to wish you very, very happy and safe weekend of the National Football League. 
Oh, that's my new favorite thing. All right, buddy. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, everybody, for, Thanks, for watching and listening. We'll see you next time on the Pump Bike. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.